Hello, folks. When I woke up this morning and was preparing my notes for this podcast episode with breakfast, I had gone on my phone to find out that legendary NASCAR commentator, both on radio and TV, Ken Squire, had passed away. Before we get into the episode in my 2023 season review, I'd just like to read you guys something I put together in memory of Ken Squire. When it comes to elevating this sport we all love, Ken Squire was just as important as the cars and drivers themselves. I enjoy each and every Squireism quote and call. He made auto racing sound as exciting as it is and as it needs to be. My personal favorite quote of his being, Common men doing uncommon deeds. Along with all the legendary heroes of NASCAR, the name Ken Squire should always be listed amongst them and used as a standard to deliver NASCAR to the people. I will surely be watching one of his broadcasts tonight. My sincere condolences to all Ken Squire's friends, family, and all those in the NASCAR industry. Shivers. The matrix doesn't happen. That's very true. Come along quietly or not. Night. Goodbye, Wills. As I was about the of the fading light. They don't have to like it. They're trying to put a caravan. The general concept is that creativity flourishes in an in a atmosphere of freedom. Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Planet Shivers podcast. This is another NASCAR-centric episode, which I am always excited about. I'm going to be giving some you know, brief bullet points of my view of the NASCAR 2023 season, a little bit of a review, a little bit of opinions, and we'll just see how it goes. I'm here by myself talking to all you folks out there. First thing I guess we could talk about, Ryan Blaney is the champion. I am a Ryan Blaney fan, and of the Final Four, he was the one that I was pulling for. There were times I thought he might throw it away. He was going full Blaney in the car. His his outbursts were at championship proportions. We hear Blaney over the radio every so often blowing his stack, but I guess the more pressure, the more he's going to blow his stack. I was was cracking up hearing him call Larson a no-good-blocking motherfucker, I think is what he said. And the racing between those two really was fantastic, between Blaney and Larson. Uh, For a Phoenix race... That was great racing. It wouldn't have panned out that way without the late caution. But that little just hunk of the race in and of itself made it even more apparent how deserving of a champion Blaney was. I mean, to finish, I think the last round, he had the win and a couple of seconds, if not three second place finishes. I'm not exactly sure. So he was fantastic exactly when it counted. 
And although he was the favorite going into Phoenix, there, like I said, there were those moments where, especially the last pit stop, you knew that at least one of the two Hendrick cars was going to be blaming off pit road. And in the past, seeing how hard it was to pass, thinking back to Larson's championship where he wasn't in the lead, I believe, and got the lead off of pit road, held it, and won the championship. So it, it, it does come down to that. And it looked like it might come down to that in this race. Then add in the fact that Ross Chastain shoots out to a lead. Blaney, who had the best car, I feel, at Phoenix, just as good as last year, catches up to Chastain right where he was. It really reminded me of right where he was last year. I wouldn't be surprised if that way deep in the subconscious was there too. And he raced hard with Chastain, bumping him, flipping him off. That was a lot of fun too to see. But Chastain didn't roll over for him, and I'm glad. As much of a Blaney fan as I am, as great as it would have been to see him win another race and then the championship, I was really excited and pleased and got a real nostalgia hit, real jolt of nostalgia, seeing a different winner from the championship like we used to all those years in a row. And in the end, they barely interview Chastain. They they just about catch up with him in victory lane. You don't see the watermelon. You don't see the burnout. You don't see him get out of the car. He even had a little bit of an attitude in victory lane. Be it as it may, Blaney's the champ. But he ended up really, really stepping it up in those last couple of races. His last round was great. And he did a great job and an entertaining job racing to the championship at Phoenix. One thing I would like to see when it comes to... Not only the points, but the season in general and how it's covered and broadcast is to put more emphasis on the races themselves. I feel like all the events just kind of blend together and get overshadowed by playing up the playoffs and the postseason. I don't know. I think that, you know, we, we the Daytona 500's big, the Southern 500's big, um, the Brickyard's coming back next season, which is awesome. I'm excited about that, especially with the new car and how it drives. That'll be interesting. But I, I'd like to see more emphasis put on every single race. Now, I remember how Boyer always wanted to win at Kansas. Kozlowski always wants to win at Michigan. Knowing those hometown drivers who are trying to get those wins. Think about Kurt Busch finally winning in Vegas during the COVID seasons. That was a big deal and really cool to see a driver get so excited on winning at a particular track in a particular race that might not be one of the big ones. Um, and those are interesting stories to follow. You know, every, you know, I was a very big Kozlowski fan. I still like Kozlowski. Nothing's really changed, I guess. Um, but when he came on the scene, I was a big fan and I, to this day, when we go to Michigan, I have Keselowski in the back of my mind. Thinking like, oh, I wonder if Brad can win this year at Michigan. And I had the same thoughts about Clint Boyer while he was racing. You know, there'd be just a little special place in my heart. 
pulling for Boyer to win at his home track. So that's all I'm going to say about the points in the season. I'm, I want to keep this all brief. Um, I want to go through some of my favorite moments and races from the season. Uh, the first one being the Fontana race. Uh, not only was it the last race at Auto Club Speedway on the two-mile setup, uh, it was Kyle Busch's first win for RCR. I was excited to see Kyle go over to RCR. I thought that would be a good pairing, and they came out of the gate strong, sort of fell off at the end. But I was excited to see that win. That Lucas Oil car was really cool looking. Uh, the next one is the Atlanta race that Joey Logano won. I believe that was the, yeah, that was the first Atlanta race of the season. And the reason why I enjoyed this race is it was a drafting type race where the race didn't end in a complete shit show catastrophe of a wreck. Um, wrecks are spectacular and we always go back to them and rewatch them. But I love clean finishes. And to see two greats at the drafting chess match that Atlanta has become, Joey Logano and Kozlowski going back and forth, countering each other. Uh, it was it was a fun race. And while I was pulling for Kozlowski, uh, not as much as Logano, it was really cool to see that race just happen cleanly. So that left me feeling content after that one. Next one is Chicago. So here's my reasoning for that. First of all, history. Good God. Um, Shane Van Gisbergen comes in, whoops all NASCAR asses, and that was that, that was really cool to watch, but I'm a big aesthetics guy on top of everything else. I like when racetracks look cool. I love Watkins Glen. I liked Road America. Uh, those type of purpose-built road courses, even Coda, is very aesthetically cool to watch a race there. Even uh, Sonoma is another one. You know, it's fun watching it in its, like, dry desert form now and how it has been for the last couple of decades, I guess. But if you go back and watch a Sonoma race from the 90s, I don't know when exactly it was when they raced there during the year, but Sonoma was completely green, and they ran the, the loop in the middle. So those were really aesthetic cool races too especially now you know i didn't watch nascar in the 90s so to go back and see it completely green and vegetative maybe that's a word i don't know if that's even fitting but you know what i mean it's a cool aesthetic i'm gonna stop saying aesthetic now next pocono so i was at this race and it was pretty exciting all the way through but the ending with the late restart and Denny and Kyle Larson. Denny goes and gives Larson the old Carolina elbow up the track. And Larson hits the wall, gets a little bit of payback on the front stretch. The crowd at Pocono, if any of you listening were also there, the crowd was going fucking wild in the stands. I, I never seen such vigor at Pocono Raceway before. And there was this little bit of time where you just did not know what was going on. You know, you, we have the uh, the big screen right in front of us. We see, I think it was Priest who was spun out on the back stretch. 
you know, there's people yelling for the caution. It was there was a moments of confusion of like what, and then Danny comes by and he wins, and he comes by again, and um, the fans really let him know how they felt. I don't know. I mean, I was at Martinsville when Bowman spun out Hamlin in 2021. This, in, in terms of the energy blasting down from the grandstands, this definitely uh, was a close second, if not the most. And both of them had to do with Denny. So that's kind of funny. Um, two more. I'm going to kind of run these two together. Uh, Daytona, the second Daytona cutoff race, and Darlington the week after. I think those two races really encapsulated what NASCAR has to offer. Um, other than the two big wrecks, the first with um, Blaney and Ty Gibbs, and the second with Ryan Priest going for that crazy, crazy tumble down the backstretch, which I can agree with Dale Jr. to say that that did look very, very much like the 1990s and early 2000s wrecks where cars would routinely get airborne. When Priest spun and hit the grass and just that car lifted, I jumped from my seat and slack jaw. Just, I just couldn't believe that that was happening because we really haven't seen that in a while. You know, we've seen flips, we've seen terrible accidents, but that one, especially with the new car, we hadn't seen such a dramatic wreck. Beyond those two wrecks, though, the racing was really good. And again, seeing Keselowski and Chris Busher just so masterfully hold everybody off, you know, you definitely could tell if it was any other car, I think Kozlowski would have made more of an effort to pass. I think that's already been talked about to death. But to see RFK, which formerly Roush, do so well and win what was a really exciting race. And Busher getting his third win in what's been an incredible breakout season for him. That was a very good race and very exciting. It felt a lot like... A race of old to me. It made me feel very nostalgic. And Darlington did as well. And Darlington to me was a very different beast. Than Daytona was. Because it came down to. Two greats. Especially great drivers. At handling the type of finesse. And edge of out of controlness That Darlington is. So. Larson and Reddick were just driving their asses off. And I was just as glued to the screen as I was watching the excitement of Daytona and that finish. I was just as glued to the screen watching Larson and Reddick race each other. And Reddick try to reel them in. And Larson just being Larson. I was very disappointed um, that Harvick did not get the chance at that win. That caution really screwed him. I don't know what Reddick was thinking trying to get to pit road. You know, Harvick and Ronnie Childress pulled some pitch strategy. Reddick, it looked like he just panicked and made a quick move and Newman got involved and that was sort of the end of that and Harvick got nailed on pit road. I don't remember every detail. I don't want to speak wrong. I think he... Entered pit road like right before it closed, and that kind of killed him. And also, now that I think about it, um, 
I'd like to add the the last Martinsville race to this to this list. I think that the racing could have been better. You know, the short track package with the new car leaves you know leaves some stuff on the table that we all we all want to see it improve. But when you add in the racing being a little better with a lot of the cutoff storylines and Blaney again, my guy going out there and just grabbing this race by the balls and winning it. And the back and forth between William and Denny was fun to follow. You know, there's definitely, you know, it adds excitement. What can I say? But it was real cool to see Blaney win that race. And then, you know, again, amongst the points, go on, win the championship. I thought Phoenix was entertaining. I had fun watching it. Uh, both Martinsville and Phoenix, to me, in terms of racing, championship points, cutoff, playoffs aside, it was a little better than it has been. I hope that things keep moving in that direction. Keep it moving in that direction. But I want Martinsville, Richmond, Bristol, and even Phoenix, and I'll throw Gateway in there, to be really exciting anticipated races in the future. I don't want them to go anywhere. I don't want dates cut from short tracks. Let's get the racing product better. And now a quick word from our non-sponsor. Pulling in for a pit stop, Janet Guthrie. When I pull in, sometimes I want full service. And sometimes I'd rather serve myself. Hi, Janet. Hi, Buck. At many Texaco stations, there's a choice. Serve yourself and save some time and money. Or get full service from the Texaco good guys. Self-service or... or full service. You get what you want when you make your pit stops at Texaco. The good guys always wear the star. Uh, and let's just blend right into Harvick's retirement from there. I would have loved to see him get a win. He came close at Phoenix and another late caution kind of... Fucked him out of that one. It would have, you know, would have been cool to see him get a win. But in the end, he was competitive all season. You know, he didn't flounder around in the back and just sneak out the back door. Which happens to a lot of drivers through no fault of their own. Back to Harvick. You know, he he was my favorite from the when I first started watching. I was just a scrappy little kid in the city. And... I watched the 2003 Richmond race where Harvick pulls into pit road, rubs against Ricky Rudd, jumps out of the car, and the the big fight ensued. And um, I was a Harvick fan since then. I've, I've always had a handful of drivers to pull for. It makes NASCAR a lot more fun uh, than only having one driver because if if they're gone, it's like, eh. So I always kept, you know, a nice handful of favorites, and Harvick was always the top of the list since I started watching. And on top of that, him being the last driver to race in the Winston Cup era, in the full season points era, it sort of marks the end of that period, and that, that old guard. Kurt Busch's forced into retirement last year at Pocono, and... I was there for that wreck and from I was on pit road at the time and you know it it just seemed like any other wreck and knowing what came of it it's tough to see Kurt Busch who really became another favorite amongst fans 
be forced out by the the issues with the new car at first. Uh, nobody nobody's seen that coming. So with that, you know, that's it and that's that, folks. I just wanted to briefly talk about some NASCAR on an episode. If you are a NASCAR fan, please let yourself be known in the comments. Um, I would like to do more racing-related episodes. So before we end off, I'd like to recommend a couple of NASCAR YouTube videos. Anytime I do a NASCAR episode... I want to try to do this from now on. Give you guys something to watch. Something that I enjoyed. It's a long off season. We got to take care of each other. We got to stick together and give ourselves something to do. Especially on the weekends. First video I'd like to recommend to you guys. I'm going to pull it up here. Is NASCAR History Man's cover, new video. It's a little video covering Ken Squire. Who as I mentioned earlier in the show recently passed away it is titled a salute to ken squire comma the greatest i watched it this morning with breakfast and it hit me directly in the feels so i think you guys will enjoy that and if you don't know as much about ken squire this will help you learn a little bit about the guy uh secondly i want to go also to a nascar history man nascar man history (laughs) NASCAR Man History video that's also pretty recent and it is titled Richard Petty's Special Textured Roof 1968 Daytona 500. I'll put all these links in the description below. This one covers a weird roof that Richard Petty and his team showed up with to the 1968 Daytona 500. Also significantly This paint scheme was a throwback scheme in this year's throwback race for Eric Jones. Additionally, this video is narrated by the one and the only Brock Beard. He's been on the show. I love his YouTube channel. If you haven't seen him, go check out his YouTube and his Twitter where he covers all the races. And he just put out his new Derek Cope book that he wrote. I'm going to order mine. Brock is the best of the best, and I appreciate that he's out there doing what he's doing. Very fun video with a lot of cool old clips. I'm also a big Petty fan. My father was a Petty fan in the 60s and 70s. Uh, He used to watch the NASCAR segments on Wide World of Sports, the little 25-minute, 30-minute clip shows of races. And he was also... Really, he was a Mopar Plymouth Dodge fan. And if you were a Plymouth Dodge fan in the 70s, Richard Petty was the guy to pull for. I then inherited being a Richard Petty fan. So that's why this video and my next recommendation are both Petty-centric. The next and last one is a video about relief drivers back in the day of NASCAR. Another little voyage into history. This video was put up on the Petty Brothers Racing Channel. It's titled Relief Drivers Exploring the Forgotten Era of NASCAR. If you guys haven't checked out the Petty Brothers Racing Channel, go check it out. It's put together by the three sons of Maurice Petty. He did the engine building for Richard Petty during his most dominant era. And really even did a lot more than that. But but by today's standards, (laughs) I don't know why I had trouble starting there. By today's standards, 
he would be like bigger than a car chief even. Somewhere between a car chief and a crew chief. Uh, I've watched a lot of their videos, but this one in particular has a lot of really cool old clips, a lot of fun clips, one of which being, uh, I think it was a race at Darlington. They take Richard out of the car. He needs a relief driver due to the heat. A few other drivers had pulled out of the race, one including a very young Ricky Rudd. There's another clip, though, after they pull Richard out of the car, of a bunch of fans maybe or journalists i couldn't really tell all trying to get to richard petty to, to speak to him or get a picture right after he's been pulled from the car exhausted and maurice is standing in front of richard with a broom shoving people away yelling get back get back the brothers go on to say that maurice and richard petty were very protective of one another Maurice had polio when he was young and Richard was very, very protective of him and Maurice returned the favor to Richard. They were both very, very tight. Um, you could really hear the family dynamic. When you listen to the Petty Brothers, if you go through a lot of their videos, they play a lot of things close to the vest, I gotta tell you. But you know that there was a lot going on with that family throughout the years and if you follow... Richard Petty's career, you, you know a little about it. A little bit about the vibe of the Petties. Yeah, there, there's a little bit of drama there, but they, they keep it in the walls. They keep it within the walls of the Petty place. So those are my three recommendations. I think you'll dig them if you go check them out. Again, I'll put the links in the, uh, in the description below. And with that, folks, I just want to thank you for listening to another episode of the Planet Shivers podcast. As much as I love doing art episodes and film and music episodes, I love doing NASCAR episodes and talking about it and sharing my love for the sport with all you guys. If you're a new listener to the podcast, be it a NASCAR fan or not, give a like, give a subscribe if you can. I really sure would appreciate it. This is just a ragtag little podcast that I do, but I really love doing it and uh, interacting with all you guys. So again, thank you so much for listening. Uh, you could find out more of what I'm doing on Instagram at Albert Shivers. And you could check out my NASCAR page on Instagram, which is at NASCAR underscore pulp. Uh, I try to have a fun time doing that. And you could also see what's cooking with me on my website, www.albertshivers.com. And now on Etsy under Shivers Artery, I have some prints, both NASCAR and non-NASCAR related, of some of the artwork that I do. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, take care of yourself and take care of somebody else. In America, there exists a sport that is driven by the fans. They are why everyone works so hard on the teams and at the tracks, in front of the grandstands and behind the scenes to give the fans the greatest race possible. NASCAR fans deserve the best, starting from the high banks of Daytona all the way to the shores of California and at every race in between. NASCAR fans, you're the reason for our success. Thanks. <laughs>